You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Each year, our pastor, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, shares vision that helps us focus as a church. On Vision Sunday, he shared a message called Courage to Connect. We have several ways that you can connect with the church and each other. We believe that God created us to live in community with others so we can experience the full life He intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why life groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. Life groups are a small gathering of people that meet on a regular basis, who share similar interests, are at a similar stage in life, or have experience in an area you would like to learn more about. Most of all, a life group can become a place where people know more than just your name. They are people that genuinely care about what is happening in your life as well. Spring Life Groups launch February 24th. Check out the Life Group Finder at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect life group for you. This year, we're dedicated to having the courage to say yes to connection and taking steps towards personal and spiritual growth. That's why we're so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. This event's the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. Save the date for this year's New England Women's Convention and visit newconline.com. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's Word? We have a lot to say today, so why don't we pray and get started. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to study your Word today. We believe, Father God, that's going to stretch us, it's going to help us, it's going to make us better. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing your Word across with clarity, with accuracy, and simplicity, so we can immediately apply it to our lives. Thank you that you love us unconditionally. We're so grateful that you love us just the way we are. But because you love us, you don't ever want to leave us just the way we are. You're always wanting us to grow and be better. So we thank you for it and give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Bless you today. As you know, in January, most of you would remember that I announced our mandate for this year as a church. And remind me what that mandate is? The courage to connect. Exactly. And here is our mandate. Um, Our mandate is to create an environment that challenges all of us to move beyond ourselves, to let down our walls, remove our masks, and to step out from behind the comfort of our digital screens and have the courage to cultivate true friendship and a deeper level of freedom. That's a big mandate, isn't it? It really is. And I said from the very beginning, I believe it's probably the most challenging mandate that we've had in 37 years. And I'm going to get in a little bit more detail about that today. Um, But the challenge this year is the courage to say yes to connection, to say yes to connection. Today is part three in our four-part series, The Courage to Connect. And part one, we talked about the courage to connect with God. That's where it all starts. If your connection with God isn't right, then all of your other connections will not connect as they should. And then last week, Pastor Josh did a great job, didn't he? An outstanding job helping us to connect with our dreams. Man, it was outstanding. And I would encourage you to get online if you missed any one of the two parts already uh, on intlfamilychurch.com and go to the media section. Remember, all the messages there are archived. Today, I want to talk to you about the courage to connect with others. 
the courage to connect with others. Uh, it couldn't be more perfect time with this message. Next week is our actual life group launch, and uh, we'll say more about that uh, later on in the message. So this couldn't come at a better time. Uh, a, a semester of new life groups coming up. And so there's a lot that we want to learn and a lot we want to grow in, and we'll say more about that. Here's our big takeaway. Here is the direction that we're going in today. Here's what we want to unpack. Once you understand the benefits of connecting, we will no longer settle for being alone. We will no longer settle for being alone. A lot of people are alone. A lot of people suffer alone. A lot of people wallow in their own self-pity alone. There's just a lot of people that are alone, disconnected, and not enjoying the vastness of God's plan for their lives. I believe part of the reason why many people suffer alone, many people live in their own thoughts, is because they don't get the benefits of connecting. If you really understood the benefits of why we should have the courage to connect, right on the other side of that courage to connect, you're going to find tremendous blessing available to you. See, in our world today, we have in our pockets more information in our pockets than generation ago had in the biggest city's library. Isn't it true? More information now than ever before. We have more connections than we've ever had before. But yet so many of us feel so disconnected even though we have so many connections. Many of those connections, if we are honest, are very superficial. Many of those don't go very deep. Many of us don't have relationships that really enhance us or take us to a deeper place. But as far as God is concerned, listen, we are created for connection, fashioned for relationships, and formed for a family. We don't reach our full potential isolated by ourselves. Amen. This is God's plan. And I believe with all of our heart, that's why society, culture, um, the enemy of our soul works very hard to isolate us because we don't we don't come alive to our full potential. We don't come alive to the, to the reality of the depth of the gift that's inside every one of us. You know, there's greatness in you. Amen. There's greatness in you. Nudge your neighbor and say, there's greatness in you. Yeah, nudge your second choice and say, yeah, you too. <laughs> there's greatness in you. And that's the part that we play that I believe our role and our assignment here at IFC is to help draw that greatness out, to draw out the gift of God that's on the inside of you that many of you know you're frustrated with and many of you have not yet figured it out. But God wants to help you understand the amazing giftedness that each one of us possess. See, our human connections shape our lives more than we imagine. And people in the Roman world in the first century understood the importance of this more than we do. And those of us that have grown up in America, we have this Western individualism ingrained in us, don't we? We're fiercely independent, and we believe we can make it on our own, and we don't need anybody's help. But the first century Christians, and really most of the rest of the world, really understand, especially 
Asia and Africa and Latin America, they have a really different view because we only are as strong as the most important connections in our lives. And we must recognize that. And so while there is a place to stand up and not be moved and stand up and oftentimes be stubborn that we'll not give in to circumstances and the storm around us, I get that. There really is a place for that. But oftentimes it can stand in the way of us really experiencing the fullness of what God has designed the body of Christ to be. Amen. The Bible tells us that God gathers his people to create a new kind of community. I enjoy this one particular definition of the word community. It is this community, a group of people leading a common life according to a rule. Now don't don't look at that word rule as do's and don'ts. Look at that rule as in divine connections, in common interests, in guiding principles. See, there are guiding principles that make a community great. There are common interests that make a community great. And God has created a new community. And in that community, he has put certain principles and certain common interests and certain guidelines, if you will, in that community so that community can prosper and grow. More often than not, most of our communities are very superficial. If we were honest, you know, we talk more about the weather and school and sports and work, maybe a little bit about our family, and nothing wrong with any of that, but there is something deeper that we need in our lives. There's something deeper that the human soul craves for. There's something deeper that, that we need to contend for that God has in store for us. See, as followers of Christ, our common interests, our guiding principles must deepen to include Christ and his way of living. See, in, in God's community, it's not about how much money we make. It's not about what part of town we live in. It's not about our nationality. It's not even about the color of our skin. It's all about God's love and his divine design for our lives. This makes us radically different than any other community on the planet. See, we can trace the courage to connect all the way back to the fourth decade of the first century. Wow, you're really going back, aren't you? I'm going back. All right? Listen very carefully. Because we see a standard here. We see something remarkable taking place in the first church. Now, on the day of Pentecost or the, the Feast of Pentecost, um, it was tradition that all surrounding nations would come to Jerusalem that day. On that day, um, every kind of background, every kind of culture, taste of foods, things that made the world unique all came together in one place. It came together in one place. Yet when the Holy Spirit fell on 120 people who had gathered for prayer, they miraculously spoke the gospel in languages that all people from those nations could understand. Something amazing took place. We read about it in Acts 2, 41. On that day, 3,000 believed Peter's message and were baptized. They spent their time learning from the apostles 
and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Notice what happened to a, a, a very diverse group of people when the Holy Spirit captured their heart. They spent time learning. They spent time with, as family. They ate together. They prayed together. No matter what differences had divided them before, the Spirit now united them. I believe this is very important, and I believe this can apply to the 21st century. We are so diverse. We are so unique. We have so many different tastes and cultures and political persuasions. We have so many things that really in the natural should divide us. And in many cases, they do divide us. But see, when we come under the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ, there's a new vision now. There should be a new dream in our heart. There should be a new purpose for us coming together. There should be something brand new that happens because of the work of the Holy Spirit. See, if the work of the Holy Spirit does not do something about all these differences and all these things that could divide us, then I'm wondering, is the Holy Spirit at work amongst us? Thank you for your enthusiasm. Now, follow me where I'm going today. Amen. We're going to go someplace that some of you might not want to go, but follow me, please. Luke wanted to provide a, a detailed description of this new community. And so the following days after these 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ, their unity didn't collapse into bickering. In fact, it actually got stronger. And we read about it in verse 43 of Acts 2. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles worked. All the Lord's followers often met together, and they shared everything they had. They would sell their property and possessions and give the money to whoever needed it. It just talks about generosity. Day after day, they met together in the temple. They broke bread together in different homes, shared their food happily and freely while praising God. Everyone liked them. And each day the Lord added to their group others who were being saved. I believe the Christians in the first church set a high standard for connection. I believe they set a standard and actually a blueprint that we can follow in the 21st century. And I believe it's important that we investigate what these things are and what benefits can we draw from them today. Please remember our big takeaway today. Our big takeaway was once you understand the benefits of connecting, we will no longer settle for being alone. Amen. Let's go over a few of those benefits. How do we apply that to the 21st century church? How do we apply that to us in a practical way? How do we make this work? Is this a pipe dream? Was this only for those in the first century? Was this only for a few people in the first church and not for the churches that would follow? And, and those of us in the 21st century today, well, let's investigate. And let me give you four benefits that we get to enjoy when we have the courage to connect with others. Are you ready? Yes. Benefit number one, we learn to value each other. We learn to value each other. Years ago when we um, wrote our core values as a church, our leadership team got together. We have 10 core values, and, and you can find those on our website. Basically what that means is when we bleed, this is what we bleed. This is who we are. 
This is what we stand for. This is the, this is, this is the real us, these core values. Now, our first two core values, we knew that there was an order to them. We knew that they, the first two, they, they were no-brainers to us. They, they were definitely one, two in that order. And our first one is, it's all about Jesus. It's all about worship. Isn't that true? See, it all begins with Jesus. It all ends with Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, all men and women and children will be drawn to me. I love that. I love the fact that we're growing as a church. I love the fact that four different generations and, and all the diversity, the 60-some different nations that are represented here are coming together. Why? Because we're lifting up Jesus. And Jesus is doing exactly what he said he would do. He would draw all men. To Pastor Jonathan? Absolutely not. He would draw all men to Jesus. So core value number one was, uh, as a, was set. But core value number two, we knew also, need to come right after our worship. And that is, everybody has value. Meaning, core value number two, everyone is significant. It's all about value. It's all about value. Value all people the same way Jesus valued them. See, I want to go where I'm valued. I'm not going to go where I'm devalued. I want to go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. Amen. Amen. A lot of people have visited other churches, and the reason why you're not there could be for many reasons, but I, I know many folks aren't at certain other places that they, they did some shopping and didn't feel valued, didn't feel important, didn't feel celebrated, didn't feel like there was a place for me. See, there's something about feeling valuable. Amen. You learn that. Now, you should learn it in your home. Parents should teach that to their children, but oftentimes it's not near taught as much as it needs be, but it needs to be taught here at IFC. Amen. Amen. We value people. Jesus doesn't care how much money you have. He doesn't care how many letters are after your name. He doesn't care what you wear, where you live, or if you were even once in prison. Amen. He doesn't care where you've come from or what you've done. You are his beloved child, his delight, his treasure, the apple of his eye. Amen. The Bible says Jesus has engraved on his hand your name. Jesus has tattoos. Well, it says God, God has you, your name engraved on his hand. First of all, that's some big hands, right? And your name is tattooed. Why? Because your name is ever before him. Amen. Your name is there. He, he loves you and values you. Amen. So much so that he's tattooed your name on his hand. I think that's pretty cool. Now, if I'm courageous, I'm going to learn to value his children the same way. It takes courage to value someone who's different than you. It takes courage to value someone who has a whole different set of cultures and mindsets and so forth. And we can look around and see our diversity. It takes a, a, a secure person and a person of love to say, I will value you even though you're different than me. That doesn't mean I have to agree with your politics. Doesn't mean I have to enjoy your music. It doesn't mean that I have to enjoy all your cultural tastes. But it does mean that I need to love you enough to make sure I keep the first thing first and don't get caught up in the secondary 
but recognizing the primary. And the primary is that Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for you. Amen. And when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, we are brothers and sisters, whether you like how I look or not. Amen. It doesn't matter if you like Italian food or you don't like Italian food. Couldn't imagine that you would not like Italian food. We need to pray for you like right away. Lay hands on your taste buds. Amen. But see, loving each other the way God loves us, that's the primary focus. This principle blows the doors off our rigid boxes of how we categorize people. And we no longer include or exclude people on man's criteria of race, origin, gender, political persuasion, financial status. See, ancient hatreds have to die. Some of you have been prejudiced for generations. It's time to stop. You're a child of God. Get a hold of yourself. Get a grip. Amen. Really, I mean that today. It's something that God needs to do in our lives. Some of this is ancient, ancient hatred. Let me tell you something. As an Italian, Italians can be very prejudiced. Are any Italians here? You know what it's like. We can be very prejudicial. If you're not Italian, man, you're, you're not a part of the world. Right? I know you Latinos are the same way. Don't start with me. I know you Africans are the same way. You Brazilians are the same way, right? But we have to recognize in Christ. Man, we got to get a grip on these things. We really do. The family of God, we might have some disagreements. We don't all dot our I's the same way and cross our T's the same way. But we must major, we must not major on the minors and let our differences divide us. Unity, listen, is not just a nice concept. It's God's grand scheme. It demonstrates his love. Amen. And deepens our relationships. So the benefit of connecting on a dream team and in the life group is we learn to value and appreciate each other. That's a huge benefit. You ever bought into that? You would never settle for being alone again. Benefit number two, listen, we learn to be authentic with each other. Yes, we do. Anybody here familiar with the word poser? He's a poser. You know what a poser means? That's what we call a person who hide who they really are. They hide their false identity always to impress. They make themselves look better than they really are. They really are legends in their own mind, right? And so that's what a poser is. And so, I mean, I get that we should take care of ourselves. I get that we should clean ourselves up and, and look good. I, I get that. But, but to but, but present a false picture of ourselves really is not something that goes very well. And I've seen many people's profile pictures on Facebook that, you know, that were 20 years ago, that they're still, they're still up today, right? The men had hair and the women were, uh, never mind. I know better than to go there, right? But, but they're 20 years old, right? They're not what we look like today, right? It's not, the, it's not even close to it. See, when we're authentic with each other, we fight superficial chit-chat, right? It's genuine. It's heart-to-heart. It's sometimes gut-level sharing where people get honest and get real, amen, of what's really happening in their lives. 
See, they share their hurts. They reveal their feelings. They confess their failures. They disclose their doubts. They admit their fears and they acknowledge their weaknesses and finally ask for help and prayer. See, authenticity is the path to emotional, spiritual, and relational healing. See, there is healing waiting when we're authentic. Even physical healing. I mean, we can go down the list in mental health. Experts tell us the importance of being a part of a, of a positive, life-giving group. I mean, it helps us emotionally. It helps us spiritually. It helps us relationally. And it even helps us physically. There's healing waiting for those who will be authentic. James 5.16 addresses being authentic. And he says, make this your common practice, being authentic. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins. That word sins talks about our weaknesses where we have an inability to produce results. It talks about areas of our lives that are our shortcomings and our faults. It says what? It says open up your heart and, 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 and talk to others about them. Pray for each other so you can live together whole and healed. Something wonderful about authenticity. We know God brings forgiveness. Let me tell you something. People bring healing. People bring healing. That's what this verse is telling us. Trusting the right people with the things we've buried in our hearts, amen, is one of the most challenging, courageous things we could ever do. But it's essential. Essential. Right on the other side of where you need healing is authenticity. Sometimes the only wall there is, the only barrier there is, the only thing that stands in the way of your next healing, of your level of freedom, is simply some environment with the right kind of people in the right setting. Oh, I'm not suggesting that we have time to be authentic with everyone in the congregation. That's not the point. The point is there are there are relationships. There are certain people with a certain subject in the right environment that just unlocks that desire to be authentic. It unlocks this desire to have a deeper level of healing in our lives. The benefit of connecting on a dream team or in a life group, it opens the door to a deeper level of freedom and healing in our lives. Amen. Benefit number three, listen. We learn to care for one another. This is a big benefit. We learn to care for one another. People were amazed at the depth of Jesus' truth and a revelation that he taught with, but they were equally as impressed with how much he cared for people in need. Absolutely. He pushed past the social taboos of the day. Imagine that. He actually touched lepers, interacted with foreigners, comforted those who were sick and blind, had meals with hated tax collectors, and befriended pimps and prostitutes. And even what was more stunning, these people genuinely enjoyed being with him. Wow, nothing speaks louder about our connection to Jesus than our love for people around us. Wow. One day, I got a call about a woman in our church that was having a death-in-life illness, some kind of attack. I don't remember the exact what happened, but it, it was definitely death and de life and death. And so I immediately went to the hospital, and when I got there, there was already three 
uh, members of our church that had beat me there. And I wonder, how did you beat me here? They must have saw the inquisitive look on my face, and one of them said, Pastor, we're in her life group, and we are going to walk with this family to her health. And I thought, instantly came to my mind, that's what church is supposed to be like. That's what church is supposed to be like. Way before I got there, her small group leaders, her small group team was already there. They were already caring for her. They were already starting the process. Wow, absolutely amazing. See, when the church began at Pentecost, 3,000 people responded to Peter's message of salvation and joined God's family. Amen. And be honest, no one can care for that many people. So what did they do? They formed small groups. And, and these small groups could what? Love one each other and support each other and teach each other and care for each other. Now, I'm not naive. I, I understand that the 21st century lifestyle is very different than the first century lifestyle. I get it. But what has not changed is our human need to be cared for. Amen. That has not changed. Amen. In fact, it's probably got more complicated. In fact, it probably got deeper in need, needing to be cared for, needing to know somebody knows me, somebody knows my name, somebody understands I can reach out to someone. Something happens to us. See, in times of crises, we really find out how independent we really are or not. I've had several occasions where people have come up to me with this disappointed look on their face. And they say something like, you know, I was in a hospital, but nobody came to see me. And if I could read their mind, they'd probably say, like, where were you, pastor, when I needed you? And so I ask him, or I say something like, well, I'm sorry. I said, I didn't know you were in the hospital. I say, did you call the church to let us know? No, I, I didn't call the church. Well, did you, did you let your, one of the members of your dream team, did you let them know that you were in the hospital? Or did you let the people in your small group know that you were in the hospital? And most likely the answer is going to be, well, no, I'm not on a dream team. And I'm not in a small group. And at that point, many things go through my mind that I cannot say. <laughs> I'm just being honest. But I'm smart enough all these years to let it stay unsaid. So what I typically say is, you know what? You would greatly benefit if you joined a dream team or if you got a part of a life group because I believe that's the best way we can take care of you here at International Family Church. Amen. Now see, listen, there's always going to be a need for a pastoral care team. There's always going to be a need for people that need to call and say, I'm in prayer, or I'm in the hospital, or I just had a baby, or whatever the case may be. Absolutely, we will always do our best, amen, to care for you. But think about it. It's totally unrealistic to think that one team alone is going to take care of the growing needs that we have here at International Family Church. Amen. You know, we want to take care of you. We want to do a good job taking care of you. We don't want your need falling through the cracks. We don't want your need, you'd be disappointed that, that we weren't there when we said that we would do our very best to be there. So you know what we need? We need you to help us help you. Amen. Amen. 
See, moving forward as this church continues to grow and, 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 and we know that God has much more in store for us as our family continues to grow. We need you to go through next steps and get on the dream team. We need you to take that step to connect and get a, be a part of a small group. Be a part of a, a group of people that knows your name, that understands who you are, that gets you, amen, that has your cell number, amen, that knows how to stay in touch with you, right? Amen. See, we want to do this, but we can't do this without your help. Why? A benefit of becoming a part of a dream team or getting on a, into a small group is what? that we will care for you. Amen. You are known and cared for. Are you getting this? I know this stretches every one of us. I know this causes us to say, wow. I mean, pastor's getting down to the truth today. Amen. I'm still sharing vision. I'm still sharing the purpose and the, the plan of God for us this year as we continue to grow and be better stewards with the people that God wonderfully sends our way. Remember, our big takeaway, once we understand the benefits of connecting, we will no longer settle for being alone. I have one more point, but before I get to that one point, I want you to watch what took place in one of our leaders' lives here at the church who she had the courage to connect. Watch this, please. Like many of us, I grew up in the church, going to children's choir, you know, Bible study, read your Bible prayer every day. I grew up on all of that. The turning point for me was when I became a teenager and my church had like five young adults. So for me, the ages of 17 to like 22, I was just kind of lost, wandering in and out of the church. And it wasn't until a friend of mine invited me to IFC and I came with her and the service was great. The message was amazing. Worship made me cry. And I left thinking like I need to come back to this church. I would come for four years just coming and going, sneaking in and sneaking out, not even knowing people's names, not really getting involved or getting connected with anybody. After that four years was up, I was just really tired of being alone, honestly. And I was kind of tired of faking a smile all the time. It was getting hard to just do life by myself. I wanted to get plugged in, but the introvert in me was fighting every ounce to do so. But I decided to do next steps anyways. And on step four, I chose Jay High because Pastor Mo wore sneakers and I thought he was cool. But that was the beginning of the stretching for me. I started getting plugged in at young adults. I started making friends, going to prayer and life groups. And that's when things changed. The introvert in me was resisting all of the stretching that came along with being part of the community. I don't do yoga, and I don't think my spirit needs to do yoga either. However, being part of a community with people from different backgrounds than me caused me to stretch without even realizing it. And that's when healing began to enter my life. I realized that growing began when I surrounded myself with people that were pushing me to grow and bringing things out of me that were hidden for so long. And it made me realize that I can't do this alone. When I was really, really sick, I remember getting flowers sent to my house from Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Renner. And the following Sunday, they came and gave me a hug and said my name. I didn't even know they knew my name. I barely was involved in the church for like a year, 
but the fact that they knew who I was and that they were praying for me showed me how important community was. The first thing that Jesus did was get his 12 disciples. Even the Son of God needed community. And the funny thing is that none of his disciples were like him. They were all from different backgrounds and different stages of life. The growing doesn't stop, the healing gets easier, but it's all a process. And it's a process that you have to allow yourself to go through, and I'm so glad I did because it made me realize that I can't do this alone. All this happened because I decided to say yes to connection. I didn't know where to begin, so I just prayed. I prayed that God would show me where to go and where to be grounded. After joining the family here at IOC, it's allowed God to do things in me, through me, to change the world around me. Outstanding. Thank you, Taina. You're awesome. Amen. That took courage, didn't it? Yes. See, it's going to take courage on all of our parts, whatever your story is, whatever your next step is, whatever part that, that your story makes you very unique and makes you in that place where we all have a similar story and we all have a similar situation that we have to deal with. And, and the last but not least benefit is, number four, we learn that connecting requires an investment of time, right? Relationships take time. And we dealt with the whole busyness thing on Vision Sunday, and I pray you go back and listen to that because we really nailed the whole excuse about being too busy. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up on the habit of meeting together. The habit, the frequency, the connection, as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another. There's something about the consistency. There's something about the frequency. There's something about not just doing this occasionally. We tell you all the time, Sunday morning's not enough. Just seeing the back of somebody's head every Sunday is not enough. Just hearing one talking head is not enough. I pray it's an inspiring talking head, but it's just not enough. There's more. There's more for you. There's more for you to understand. There's more relationships that God wants you to enjoy. Amen. And that's why we encourage you to be a part of a dream team and be a part of a life group. See, community is not built on convenience. We'll, we'll get together when I feel like it, but on the conviction that I need it for my spiritual health. Amen. You need this for your spiritual health. One last verse, Acts 2.46 says, they worshiped together regularly, amen, regularly at the temple each day, met in small groups in homes for communion and shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness, amen. What areas do you need help in getting free on? What gifts do you have that are being squandered, that are not being used? What part of your life that you know you care for people? Man, you fit into this. You, you, you desire to be a blessing. You desire to serve. You desire to learn what that's all about. Maybe you've never ever been a part of something that, that really makes a demand on you. You've been used to going to church and letting everybody else talk to you and, and bless you. And, and you've never gone to a church that says, you know what? It's time for you to make an investment of yourself. Amen. Amen. To use your gift to give back. Amen. And not just only receive. Amen. There are givers and takers, but we don't always want to be just the takers. Amen. We also want to be what? The givers. There's a place reserved for you on a dream team. There's a small group with your name 
amen, reserved for you in that small group. That's the beauty of what happens after every service. I get that sometimes you got to take off, but there's always free coffee upstairs, just like there is today. Free coffee in the cafe. That'd be a great time to begin the connection process. And then next Sunday is our Life Group Launch Sunday, where you can go upstairs after each service and connect with Life Group leaders and, and hear um, uh, their hearts and, and investigate what is it that you might need to do or what is it that you might enjoy to do and then be a part. Take that next step. Take that journey. Watch what God will do. Amen. We never succeed alone. We need each other. Amen. But it requires humility, a humble heart to be willing to say, I'll open up my heart. Amen. It might be just a small step. I get if you're brand new here, man, you don't trust anybody here yet. I wouldn't expect you to. I know every Sunday, what am I doing? I'm earning your trust. Amen. Every, every Sunday, every time these doors open, we don't demand your trust, but we want to earn your trust. We want to earn the right to be your family. We want to prove to you that, that, that we are sincere and desire to make this work. We don't do it all perfect, right? But thank God, amen, that we're always working. I've been proving it. We do something wrong, man. We'll fix it. We'll get it right. We'll say we're sorry. We'll kiss and make up, right? And keep on going. That's who we are. Amen. Amen. I tell people all the time, if you don't like me, wait three months because I'm always changing. (laughs) I'm I'm growing like you are. There might be something about me, man, that just drives me nuts. Maybe in three months it won't drive you nuts anymore. Either you changed or I did. (laughs) Right? One of us is going to change. Praise God. But recognize, this is all part of life. This is all part of the courage to connect. Can you see where we're going this year? Can you see why it's a big assignment? Can you see why this is going to be challenging? Amen. And why it takes time. But I believe what's waiting for us is a liberty and a freedom and a bond and a joy where miracles happen, where life happens, where our lives are shared, where we experience a deeper level of the goodness of God all because we had the courage to connect. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Thank you, Father. Oh, that was good. That was good for us. I mean, it was hard for some of you to hear today, but just absolutely good for us. Come on, why don't you raise those hands towards heaven today? Oh, Father, we love you. Aren't you glad that Jesus died for you? Aren't you glad that you're a child of the Most High God, forgiven, blood-bought, on your way to heaven? Oh, my, my. By no means perfect, but we have come a long ways, and even though we have a long ways to go, we're not near where we once were. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you today. We give you glory and honor because you're a faithful God. You're a good God. And thank you for those in our midst today that would say, you know what? The Spirit of God has been dealing with me about having courage. He has been dealing with me about connecting. He has been dealing with me, if I was honest, that there needs to be something deeper in my relationships, deeper that assists me and helps me to grow and to be this amazing gift that God called me to be. Oh, thank you, Father, for touching our lives today. We bless you today. 
There's a beautiful presence of God in this place today. I want to pray for you before you go. And I want you to realize today that the biggest connection there is is our connection with God. The biggest act of courage that some of you could maybe make today is to say yes to Jesus. Is to say yes to a brand new life. A life of forgiveness. A life where heaven is your home. A life where you start the spiritual journey and realize, I can't do this by myself. Maybe you have a similar story of Tainas. Maybe you were, have been a part of church life for so long and it's time to make that next step. Or maybe you're not like her at all and you have no church life. You have no church experience. You have no clue what it's like um, to participate in a church setting. Wherever you are, no matter what part you find yourself in, man, start your journey. Take that next step. Pastor, I need Jesus today. That could be a great next step for you to say, yes, I need forgiveness. I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want a brand new start. I don't want to do this by myself. I'm ready to connect with my Lord and my Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to ask those of you that say yes to that, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not because I want to embarrass you or because I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do any of those things. But I want you to say, I need Jesus today, Pastor. I'm done being a Lone Ranger. I'm done being isolated. I need Jesus today. I need a brand new start today. I need a, a fresh new community that values me and cares for me, that gives me an opportunity to be authentic and real. And won't judge me, but will love me through the seasons I find myself in. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus today. Pray for me. If it's that, that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high today? Let me know who you are. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Love the fact that men are raising their hands for Jesus. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, four or five or six over there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I see all those hands back there over here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. I see it. Thank you, sir. I see it. God bless you. Yeah, I see him. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Man, there's just a whole bunch of you back there. Thank you. How awesome today that you're giving your lives to Jesus today. Who else? Yeah, I see it over here. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else today? How wonderful is that? Yeah, I, thank you, ushers. I see it. Thank you. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Awesome. Awesome. You're raising that hand saying, it's my time. I make a decision. I make my choice to say yes to Jesus today. Good for you. It's such a personal decision. It's very real. And today's your day. I see it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? We're going to pray. Pastor Josh will come in a moment and close the service. All the way back there. I see it. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this prayer together. Everyone, this one big family, join us online, please, as we pray this prayer together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. It's the real me. You know everything about me, but you don't reject me. You love me. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. Change me from the inside out. I receive salvation. 
eternal life, a new beginning. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us to do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do this by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.